Hey everyone, welcome to the Tulia Christian Fellowship Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to give online, see upcoming events, or view our service times, please visit our website at tcf.church. Praise God for that. Amen. The Lord is good. Hey, this past Tuesday... Uh, Miss Vicky and I are just like you. We're going through our normal day. I know many of you had normal activities just like we did. And we had to run to Plainview uh, to pick up some supplies at Walmart. And then on the way back, we stopped out at Soul Mender, Greg Birkenfell's business, and visited with him. Well, as we're going through our day, uh, uh, Vicky heard on the internet and I heard on the radio that there was a dangerous weather pattern that was going to be developing during the day. And that evening, we would have a chance of thunderstorms in tornadoes. Well, at the, at the time we're hearing that, you know, it's really not bad yet. It's not really, it's cloudy, but it's not developing. And so when we heard that, Vicky and Miss Vicky and I just prayed, and we prayed that God's grace would be over us. Well, as we went through the day, uh, that began to develop, and it began to get worse, and it began to get worse. And uh, so we turned on the television and turned on the news, and uh, they were showing those storms, and uh, they began to move uh, toward Tulia. And then the gentleman on the news said, if you live in Tulia, uh, you need to be in your place of safety. You need to be in your place of shelter. About the time he said that, the siren went off. And I've heard that siren many times. I know a lot of you have too, because they're testing it. But it was a different matter on Tuesday when it was going off. And it felt different because, of course, it's not a test. Uh, there's real bad weather and there's a real tornado. And so Miss Vicky and I don't have a... Uh, we don't have a basement, but we have a closet that's underneath a staircase. And so just like your closets, it's full of stuff, right? And so I throw the door open to that closet and I start tossing stuff out, man. I mean, there's guns in there. There's pictures in there. There's plants in there. And I'm tossing stuff out of there. And then I run and get a couple of cushions off the couch. And uh, we get in there and we close the door. And that's the safest place for us to be. And the sirens go off for a little bit. So I get out and kind of look around. Well, they go off again, and, and I get back in again. And then it, they stop, and I get out, and we get out, and then we go back in again. And, and then we decided, hey, why don't we pray? And so we prayed, and many of you have seen it on Facebook. We prayed, and we put it on Facebook, and we've had over 1,500 views of that as we prayed, and we came against that storm. Now, there's a couple of things I want you to understand this morning as I talk about this. Bad weather is not the will of God. Okay, Jesus said very simply in the New Testament that he has come that you and I would have life and have it to the full. Then he said the devil comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. Listen, God is good. The devil is bad. God does not use thunderstorms or hail or tornadoes. Those things happen, but he does not use those things to somehow teach you a lesson or to punish you for something that's happened in your life. So we have every right, and I know many of you know that, we have every right to pray and come against that, and that's exactly what we did. 
Now, here's why I'm talking about it this morning. Greg and his people were out at Sulmender, and they were in their place of safety. That storm went over them, and then they came out of their place of safety, and they could see it moving toward Tulia. They could see the storm, and they could see the tornado. And then Kurt was on a live feed with the storm chasers. They were all over this area. Then here's what he heard the storm chasers say. Call it in, call it in, call it in. This is going to be terrible. And then another one said, this is the kind of storm that destroys communities. But we were praying, you were praying, many others in this town were praying, and that storm lifted up. It went over Tulia. It did not go through Tulia on the ground as a tornado. Think what this community could look like this morning. Think if this church building wasn't here. Think if our high school wasn't here. Think if downtown wasn't here. Think if the Sonic wasn't here. Remember several years ago, that tornado that came through town and it destroyed the old Sonic. It destroyed the Alco building. Then right up the street from that was Swisher Electric, that building, that warehouse. And those steel beams that are like in these walls were twisted like pretzels. Then over behind there, there were homes that there was nothing left of but the foundation. And that tornado didn't seem like was on the ground very long at all. But because we prayed and we trusted God, not one single thing in this town was destroyed. Not one life was lost. And God moved and came through for us. Now, why am I telling you this? Because here's what happens. After the miracle, the devil comes and he says, oh, that wasn't anything There wasn't anything going to happen. You made a big deal out of nothing. And he wants to steal what God has done in your life. He wants to diminish the miracle. Now, I'm talking about that miracle Tuesday. But many of you right here in this room have had miracles. After the first service, I had people come up to me and say, Oh, Pastor, I've had a miracle of a job or I've had a miracle of this. And anytime God moves in your life, the enemy immediately, the Bible says so, It says he immediately comes to steal it. He immediately comes to try to talk you out of it and tell you, oh, there wasn't anything going on. You just made all that up in your head. And I want to encourage you. Listen, Tuesday, God delivered this community. He delivered us. He delivered our children. Amen. Come on. Vicky's sister, many years ago, had a little boy, and she lived in Wichita Falls, Texas, and there was a tornado that went through that town, and it was a mile wide at the base. It was an F5 tornado, and the entire addition that she lived in was destroyed except for her block. She was in a closet with her little boy praying and crying out to God, and that tornado literally lifted off the ground, went over her block, and came back down on the ground, and the entire addition was destroyed except for her home and where she lived, and her and her son were saved. The point is, God moves when you pray, amen? Now, what did we find out last week? We found out the scripture says, Jesus said that men and women ought always to pray and not lose heart, not give up. Listen, the greatest tragedy in our lives is when we lose heart. The greatest tragedy in our lives is when we throw our hands up and we give up and we quit. Listen, the Bible says in Proverbs, for you and I to guard our heart. That doesn't mean the blood pump. It means the real you on the inside. When you lose heart, when you lose faith, when you give up, you lose everything. 
And Jesus said, pray and don't lose heart. Then he told a simple story about a widow lady who didn't have any money. She didn't have any power. She didn't have anybody to fight for. And she went to an unjust judge. And it says in the scripture that he didn't fear God or man. And she went to him because she needed justice. Then it says in that story that she went to him over and over and over and over until he finally got tired of her and he moved and he helped her. Then here's what Jesus said. He said, how much more will your father, your father who loves you, avenge you speedily and move in your life. He is in no way saying that God is like the unjust judge, that he's too busy or he's hard of hearing. The point he's making is your father is exactly the opposite of that judge. He is a good father. He is a kind father. He is a loving, caring father. And he hears you when you pray. And he says that he will avenge you speedily. So we found out when you're praying, don't give up on praying. It doesn't matter how long you've been praying. It doesn't matter if you've heard answers or you haven't heard answers. Jesus said, don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep praying. Now I want to read to you this morning out of Hebrews 10, 35. I'm going to read verse 35 through 37. The first verse in New King James is up there. But before I read that, I want to give it to you out of King James. Now, we're going to go old school this morning. You see, I'm old school. All right, back when I cut my teeth spiritually, when I went to Bible school, when I got stirred up and turned on for God and decided I wanted to really live for Jesus, really the only Bible was King James Bible. All right, there were other translations, and I began to get other translations, but when you wanted another Bible, just like Kurt said, you had to go buy it. You had to go to the Christian bookstore. Well, that was back when Miss Vicki and I didn't have a lot of money, and when we cashed a check, we cashed it for $10. Anybody ever cashed a $10 check before? Yeah. And by the time you got gas and cashed a $10 check, I didn't have money left over to buy a 20 or a 30 or a $40 Bible. But thank God today, because of technology, you get on the Version Bible app, every translation known to man is on there, and you can read them for free. Y'all are so blessed. Man, I had it so hard growing up. I mean, I walked uphill to Bible school both ways. I mean, I, it was a mule team. I had to drive to Bible school, man, right? Would y'all feel sorry for me, right? Come on. Thank you, thank you, man. So here's what King James says. King James says, Therefore, cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense. That's an old English word for payment of reward. Look at it right there. It says, therefore. Now, what have we found out? What have I taught you? Anytime you're reading your Bible and you see the word therefore, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to find out what it's there for. Thank you very much. You're supposed to find out what it's there for. That verse is attached to some verses before it. I'm not going to read those verses, but let me tell you what it says. The Christians this was written to were having hard times. They were being persecuted. There was tribulation. 
There were mountains in their life. Sometimes they didn't have answered prayer. Sometimes things weren't going their way. I bet you there's several folks in this room right now who are facing mountains in their life, who have had things not go their way, who've been struggling maybe with some persecution or some tribulation. That's what they were going through. And he says, therefore... Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great payment of reward. Now, here's what I think of in my head. I imagine I've got my confidence right here in my hand, and I get discouraged, I get despondent, I get tired, I get weary of the battle, and so I have a tendency to just throw my confidence down. I throw my hands in the air and I'm discouraged and I'm despondent. Listen to what the scripture says. It says, no matter what you're going through this morning, no matter what you're dealing with, therefore do not cast away your confidence. Listen, you can have confidence in God. You can have confidence in God. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care how big your mountain is, how deep your valley is. You can have confidence in God. Why? What does it say? It says, which has great reward. Listen, you are being and will be rewarded for serving God. The Bible says when you come to God, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Listen, my God is a rewarder. My father is a rewarder. Listen, when I was growing up and I do the right thing, my father would reward me. I, have, I, I grew up with a good father, and he would reward me. Now, I'm not saying lavishly or in a sense like that, but he took care of me. Your heavenly father is the very same way. Listen, church. Don't give up on your prayer life. Don't give up on your confidence. If you've laid your confidence down, if you've thrown it down, reach down and pick it back up. If you've lost heart, regain that sense of confidence. Why? Because you're going to be rewarded. God is going to take care of you. God is your avenger, and God will speedily look after you and reward you. Now, let me continue to read what it says. It says the next word, it says, for you have need of endurance. Listen, you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you'll receive the promise. Now, there's a nasty word in that sentence, and it's the word endurance. How many of you know that life is not a sprint, it's a marathon? Anybody in here ever been hurt or disappointed? Everybody in here ever felt like you wanted to throw down your confidence, you wanted to quit and give up, that the race seemed too long, the race seemed too hard? Anybody ever felt like that before? Man, I felt like that before. Man, I've had some battles in my life. You've had some battles in your life. But listen to what it says. It says you need endurance. You need to hang on to your endurance so that when you've done the will of God. Now, whoa, let's talk for a minute about the will of God. What's the will of God? Well, let me tell you what the will of God is. God's word is his will. Listen, God's word is his will. The Bible is full of promises, and every single one of them belong to you because the scripture says in Jesus, all of God's promises are yes. So when you say, hey, daddy, I found a promise. Can I have it? Yes. Hey, daddy, I found another promise. Can I have it? Yes. The promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Everything in the word of God belongs to you. When you read the Bible, you're reading the will of God. Now, in Ephesians 1, 
In Colossians 1, there are two prayers that Paul prayed over the church, and I pray those prayers over you. Now, don't miss this. Every Wednesday, our staff has prayer. We gather across the street in Ground Zero, and every single one of you are prayed for. Not one of you is left out. Every single one of you are lifted in prayer. And I pray the prayer in Ephesians chapter one, and I pray the prayer in Colossians chapter one, and I'm praying God's word over you. Now don't miss this. I'm praying the perfect will of God for your life. Now that's a pretty bold statement if I don't mind saying so myself. Pastor, where do you get off saying that you're praying God's perfect will for me? Do you know how I know I'm doing that? Because I'm praying God's word. When you pray God's word, you pray his perfect will. You can pray God's word over yourself, but you have a pastor, Jesse, and every Wednesday I lift up that prayer over you, and I'm praying God's perfect will for you and your family. We do it as a staff every single Wednesday. So according to my estimation, Ashley, you're being prayed over 52 times a year. Man, you should come by with some money or something. I mean, right? Now, then on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, in my private personal devotion time in my house, I also pray Ephesians 1 and Colossians 1 over you. So five days a week, you're being lifted in prayer, and we're praying God's perfect will for your life. I don't know about you, but that ought to encourage you. Now, listen to what this says. Let me continue to read to you. It says, for you have need of endurance, so after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Verse 37, for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now, it seems like he shifts gears here a little bit, but he's making a point, and I want you to see what he's saying. He says, hey, Jesus is coming. It seems like it's been a long time. It seems like he's tarrying, but he who said he was coming will come. Now, let me encourage you in something. There's going to come a day this is all going to be wrapped up, and we're going to be with Jesus Christ forever, and my family's going to be there, my loved ones, your family's going to be there, your loved ones, and the Bible says in the New Testament, when Jesus sits on his glorious throne at the renewal of all things, You and I will be there together, my family, your family, and we're going to be in God's presence. And the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. We'll be in his presence. We'll be in his kingdom forever and ever and ever. And he ends this about you being encouraged with, hey, hang on, because Jesus is coming. Now, listen, I grew up hearing that my whole life. I would go to church with my cousins. They went to the First Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. It was down on Amarillo Boulevard. Well, I went to the Baptist church, but when I was with my cousins, I'd go to First Assembly. Them people scared me. Yeah, they scared me. Yeah, I was a Baptist kid, and they were scary, man. And they did all kinds of things I don't want to talk about right here. But they had two speakers up on the wall, one on one side and one on the other, and they were covered in felt, and somehow they had put a sign, and there was a light behind it that shined, and when you would go in there for church, there was this sign on the speaker, and here's what it said. It said, Jesus is coming soon. 
Now, I've been hearing that since I was a kid, since I was little, since I had a lot of hair, all right? That's how long I've been hearing that. And if you're not careful, here's what happens to you. You know, here's what happens. You get to thinking, oh, Jesus isn't coming. He's been saying that ever since I was five years old. My grandmother thought Jesus was coming, right? You know what the Bible says? The Bible says don't do that. Jesus wants you to be encouraged, not discouraged. Now, I've got two cousins, girls. They're older than me. I was probably in junior high when they were in high school, and they were afraid Jesus was going to come because they wanted to get married first. Yeah, so Ashley, you know what they would pray? They'd pray, Lord, don't come till we can get married. I got to have a husband. Ladies, they didn't know what they were praying, did they? No, no, they didn't know what they were praying, did they? They thought they were praying for something good, didn't they? Oh, my gosh. They never thought about dirty dishes and nasty boys' underwear, did they? No. No, come on now, right? Now they're older and they're grandmothers, and you know what they pray now? Lord, come quickly. <laughs> Lord, come quickly. Yeah, they were afraid Jesus was going to come, and they wouldn't get to live until he did. Listen, the greatest thing that could happen to us is the return of Christ. The kingdom of God is going to be better and more amazing than anything we've ever experienced here. And he says right here in this verse for you to be encouraged. Now I want to read you two more verses. We're going to jump ahead or jump back up into Hebrews 10, 23, and listen to what this says. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Another translation says, for you and I to hold fast to the confession of our faith. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means Jesus is my Savior. He's my Lord. I love him. I'm not afraid to talk about it. I'm not afraid to bring it up. He's good. He cares about me. He's at work in my life. Just like Joe McGee said, I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. I love my boss, and my boss loves me. That's what it's talking about. Now, listen to it. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope or faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Listen. You serve a faithful God, and his promises are true, and he is going to do in your life what he said he would do in the Scripture. And the last sentence says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Here's what I want to do this morning. I want you to be encouraged. Be encouraged in your prayer life. Be encouraged in your walk with God. Be encouraged in reading your Bible. Be encouraged in being in church. And don't throw down your confidence because God wants to reward you. God will reward you. God wants to take care of you. He wants to take care of your children, your marriage, your grandchildren. Whatever's going on in your life, you serve a faithful God. And he will avenge you. He will take care of you. He took care of all of us Tuesday, and he's going to take care of us today on Sunday, and he's going to take care of you tomorrow. Now listen, I'm not afraid of storms, but I have things in my life that do scare me. So I'm not standing up here saying that I don't have any fear because I battle fear just like everybody else does. It's just in a different place. But I don't have fear All right, we got in our closet. Why did we do it? Because it's wisdom. That's why it's wisdom. 
I did everything I could in the natural to protect myself and my wife. Kurt and Megan and their children right next door did everything they knew to do in the natural to protect themselves. Then we cried out to God. That's wisdom. Listen, wearing your seatbelt is wisdom, isn't it? Do people die wearing seatbelts? I'm sure they do. But it's wisdom to wear it. You ever heard anybody say that? Oh, man, so-and-so got killed wearing their seatbelt. I'm never wearing mine. <laughs> right? That's stupid. Isn't that stupid? Right? It's wisdom to wear your seatbelt. It's wisdom to drive the speed limit. Right? I mean, the speed limit's pretty fast, 75. I mean, I'm cruising along on cruise, 75. <laughs> they go by me doing 90. And you know what they're doing when they go by? They're doing this, and they're doing 90. And I'm like, Lord, cover me with your grace, amen? I don't pray for them. That's a waste of time, amen? I pray for me. Now, what am I saying? Are we afraid to drive? No, we're not afraid. We trust God, and we use wisdom. So I'm not saying don't, don't go to your place of safety. It's wise to go to your place of safety. It's why they set that system up and they spent millions of dollars on it so they could warn us ahead of time that you should go to a place of safety. But then once we got there, we prayed, we cried out to God and he delivered us. Listen, God will deliver you. He loves you. You're his child. He's not an unjust judge. He's a loving, good, caring father. Hang on to your confidence. Hang on to your faith. Hang on to your hope and keep doing what God's called you to do. Amen? All right, y'all stand up and let me pray for you. Would y'all give the Lord a hand clap as you stand? <clears throat> Amen. God's good, isn't he? Praise God. All right, let me pray. Father, we love you. Father, thank you for our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunts. Lord, we are so grateful for the women in our lives. Father, would you bless them? Would you strengthen them? Would you encourage them in all the things that they're doing, all the things that they're involved in? Father, we want grace over them. Father, thank you as we celebrate this afternoon, as we enjoy the rest of our day. Your grace is on each one of us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Y'all going to be blessed. We love you.